This is the New Wolsey Theatre podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Zana, and I'm Jack. Come with us as we go behind the scenes and give you an insight into what makes an award-winning theatre. In this episode, we are talking to the brilliant Vicky Stone, comedian, musician, actor, and award-winning writer. Vicky has written our rock and roll pantomime this year, Dick Whittington and His Cat. Hello, Vicky, and welcome to the New Wolsey Theatre podcast. Hi. Now. You're here to talk about the writing of our pantomime, Dick Whittington and his cat. But there's lots of other things that we want to ask you first before we get into that. Mainly that I heard on the grapevine the other day that you were an actor musician and you have already been in a rock and roll pantomime in your early days. Is that right? I have. It was my first job. No. Yeah, it was my first job. I did one of the rock and roll pantos at Theatre Cluid. Back in 2005, I do believe. Um, right. Okay. In, in days of old. <laughs> and what was that panto? It was Beauty and the Beast. Right. And I was one of sort of, I guess, like ugly sistery type character called Luxury. Beauty had two mean sisters called Luxury and Vanity. There we are. And who was the director of the show? Pete Rowe. That's Pete what Rowe. we thought. Of course, Pete <laughs> left here, what, just a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was my yeah, that was my very first job. Well, full circle then. That's amazing. To dive into into the history of pantos, I guess. We, we all know that pantos are absolutely, you know, they're cherished. They're a staple part of Christmas here in the UK. Um, what was it like for you when you're writing a pantomime? What is, what is the, the creative process? Where do you start when you're writing one? I usually start with as close to uh, an, an original text as possible mm-hmm. um with dick whittington i because uh, obviously dick whittington is a bit of sort of folklore rather than like some of the others which have definitive versions like aladdin um is a thousand one arabian nights so that was quite easy to come up with yeah. um to come to find you know basically to buy online the book so with dick whittington i actually found a book from the 1940s which was talking about the it was called the, it's called the real dick whittington and i read it and it's about the re- as you as you'd hope and expect the real dick whittington <laughs> Yep. And was reading about and was reading about it and found some really interesting stuff where uh, the real Dick Whittington gave loads of his money to a cat charity. Oh. So like built a yeah built a cat built a cat's home basically like built a kind of the equivalent of like Battersea dogs home but cats and that was and that's what that's what Dick Whittington actually did which I thought oh, was right. I thought which I thought was really like so so that's that's my jumping off point is that I tend to go as far back to the original text as possible. Sure. To see if there's, you know, see what's there. And, and quite often you'll find something that will give you a spark of an idea. And for me, that was it. kind of how, how much was about, how much in this book was about cats was surprising. <laughs> and, it, and so that's, that's like, and, and kind of like, not like about a sort of pretend fairy tale cat, but like actual cats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And so that that was my inspiration for kind of making this quite a cat focused, so that the cat gets a lot of cat gets a lot of autonomy. That's where that idea came from. <laughs> and how do you when you're trying to you've got like an original story like that, like a you know you say 1940s, didn't you? I think didn't you? Yeah. How do you balance getting the right tradition with the old story there, and then adding new, fresh, and, and, and contemporary things, especially with with some of the songs? We won't give any spoilers, but but the songs this year they're quite inte- they're quite contemporary as well. How, how do you find that balance? Well, panto, like musical theatre, there's a lot of form. So, so that you don't have to do a, like, if I was 
writing a play from scratch it could literally be anything but with panto there's a lot of form that you have to a lot of beats you have to hit so loads of the work is already done sure i what what i tend to do is i know what traditions i personally like and what traditions i think serve an audience now and there are lots of panto traditions i think no longer serve our audiences yeah and so i try and i try you know i don't include them and but i i hope to include enough traditional kind of what i would call a set piece yeah. so for instance there is a set piece in this i mean this is a bit of a spoiler but i mean how much of a spoiler can it be it's called the ghost gag bench which is the he's behind you sequence where where you get four main characters and one keeps getting scared off until you're left with a dame and that's yeah. a panto that's a bit of panto business it's a set piece <laughs> I don't think you normally have this set piece, actually, in uh, New Wolsey Pantos, but I tend to sort of want to include a, tradi- a real kind of traditional piece of slapstick or panto business Absolutely, that has yeah. really, really been passed. There's also a real kind of sequence and it's got movements with it that have just been passed down through mm. generations. And so I kind of, I, I like stuff like that. Panto uh, is really a kind of product of the Victorians. And so there are obviously loads of stuff that doesn't adhere or fit with modern values anymore. So yeah. I just don't, I just don't, I just, just don't include that kind of stuff. But yeah. there is so, there's so much in there that is still brilliant. And with the song choices, um, I, the first thing I do is I, work out a song's only going to really feel good if a character gets to a point where the emotion will take them nowhere else other than a song Mm -hmm. and so then i look for i look for i have a i keep a spotify playlist going and i sort of will heart things over a number of time uh, over over a sort of month or month or so and i will sort of look um because it's quite early when you submit panto scripts so you might find that like hit songs develop and you might switch a song out in like now now time because it was a real hit of the summer but on your first draft you wouldn't you wouldn't you'd know that so um so yeah and it's about finding finding the songs that kind of move the story along or with a few lyric tweaks will help move the story along i don't like a song to just kind of stand still i think it's got to be really active within the story like it would be in a musical yeah yeah absolutely and how long does it take to write a pantomime is that a stupid question i think it depends i mean i mean the actual like like, a a lot of it is a lot of it is reading and research Mm -hmm. and choosing the songs and and listening and and kind of that sort of stuff i wouldn't class that but i I would normally like i would normally sit down and do a first draft in one go without stopping and that's normally about two weeks and then and then after that it's loads of tweaking and backwards and forwards and this and think about that and it's been great working with Douglas on so he, he'd then kind of dramaturge the script yeah. and would go through it and say hang on have you thought about this what about this character this needs this character needs more or we did that we had a few situations where he's like oh we did that song two years ago so let's switch that out let's change the song it's a bit long here so then there'd be a kind of backwards and forwards which takes months yeah, sure. <laughs> so the actual like writing it and the idea from a blank page to submitting the first draft <laughs> after you've done all the reading yeah. is uh, but then after that it's after that the tweaking process is much longer well, how did it start between <laughs> us well you and douglas what happened I think I approached Douglas when he was at the Queen's Theatre Hornchurch. So I live in Essex. Yeah. And I'm always I'm always keen to work with theatres that are quite local to me. Um, why not? I, I, I don't live in, I used to live in London, don't live in London anymore. And 
and uh, even the new Wolsey is one of the closest producing houses to near to where I live. So I approached him and um, approached him during the pandemic, actually. And um, he was sort of meeting people for Zooms and we had a Zoom. And then when he started at New Wolsey, he was like, hey, remember that Zoom? Let's put up an idea. Do you want to write the panto? And I was like, yes, I do want to write the panto. Thank you very much. So if anything, we got a bit lucky, really, that Doug came to the New Wolsey. Otherwise, that could have been you writing a panto for Queens oh, in Hornchurch. could have been me writing a panto. Yeah. Well, we yeah. wouldn't allow it. We've we would not out. allow that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, wait till Ryan, you wait till Ryan comes and asks you at, at Colchester. Then it'll be hand by the dawn. <laughs> a, a question I've got is, when I was at university, we, we had to do a couple of modules that included a bit of writing. Um, and, and I tried to write a scene that, and, and I thought it was funny and it just, it just fell flat. Not a single laugh. How do you know? Obviously, you're a, you're a very successful writer. How do you know when you've got something right, when something is funny that you've written? I'm an absolute horror for laughing at my own stuff. Right. I will watch <laughs> my own jokes and laugh at them all day long. I think it's a terrible habit, actually. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. You... Like it God, sorry. <laughs> like, I'll end up hearing, so I'm really looking forward to uh, the first day of rehearsals where I'll hear uh, the script being read aloud for the first time. Um, and I'll keep laughing at my own jokes, even <laughs> though I've heard them. By the time it gets to press night, I'll have heard them six or seven times, and that's fine, and I'll still really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was me. That yeah. was me. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of immense pride, particularly when they're really daft and really silly. Yeah. Um, and there's, a partic- there's, there's some particularly daft stuff for the cat. Yeah. Uh, where Douglas has just said, there's one song in particular, I won't spoil it. Douglas is like, you will not hear the actor sing that. There'll right. be so much noise from the audience, you just won't hear the actor sing. And I'm like, and I'm here for it. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's rehearse it. Let's spend, let's spend ages on the music. But I think the audience are going to shout so much during this song. The whole, whole of that process were pointless. Could but that I, be? I reckon, I reckon that that's good. Yeah. Could that be the last song of the pantomime? No, it, I think it's in the middle of Act One. Ah, okay. It's in, it's, in, it's, in the, it's in the middle of Act One, and there's some business that happens during the song yeah. that, I, that I, think the, I think the audience will shout over. Well, the, the children in particular. Yep. So, so the children in particular. And so I think that you just will not hear the actor sing that song, which I think would be really funny. We're going to have to go away now. <laughs> and I think first thing we're going to do when we go back to the office is have a look through that script and we're going to try and work out which song that is. Yeah. When did you first realise that you were, uh, I mean, because you were, to begin with, you were a musician, a brilliant musician. Yes. And that's how you first trained. And then suddenly all this other development into all sorts of different genres. But when did you really become a comedian? I became a comedian in, in a couple of ways. I mean, I um, was a flute player as a child, mm. went to music school, was good enough to go to music college. But I auditioned for something called the National Youth Music Theatre in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And they and this is it was all their fault because they gave me an on stage flute playing role. Ah. And then all of a sudden, after I'd been in on stage and that, I was like, I don't really want to play the flute anymore. Oh. Flute's quite rubbish, actually. Um, <laughs> if, in in comparison to like being an, in a costume and singing in a musical, sure. Okay. And I was like, yeah, no. And then obviously, like you know, after after my parents had spent my entire childhood spending a lot of money on flute lessons and <laughs> flute business, to suddenly get to eighteen, have a place at, at have a place at music college, and go, nah. But- <laughs> <laughs> I got into musical theatre and I went to the Royal Academy of Music Musical Theatre. So I did eventually go to music college, but for musical theatre. And when I was there, I just gravitated towards the funny parts. I'm just, mm. and I think I'm someone that's really awkward, but I just can't stand there and sing a nice song. I have to, 
even if I even if I'm given a nice song to sing, I'll have to like play it for laughs. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> what I did. So I just and then and then what happened is that I wanted to be in musicals and I auditioned for stuff and I was 19 and didn't get anything. I was auditioning for like the understudy of Madame Tenardi and Les Mis and was just a bit young for those right. sorts of parts. So I started writing my own funny songs and went on to the stand-up circuit yep. and then just somehow became a stand-up comedian for a decade. I just don't quite know like that. Like you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that. And, uh, yeah, just ended up writing funny songs and, and then gravitated back to theatre because that was always my, my love yeah. and gravitated back to theatre basically full time yeah and thank goodness for that yeah oh, we wouldn't have a pantomime <laughs> this year uh, our what? rehearsals we, we start on Monday Did are, are you here on Monday then I am here on Monday oh, yes oh great can't wait yeah have you been to the New Wolsey Theatre before yes I've been to New Wolsey I, I watched last year's Panto oh um, great and I've been I, I played it as a comedian a number of times oh, um, oh lovely oh, I did the comedy amazing. nights there I can't wait. It's the best time in any theatre, isn't it, pantomime? Because everyone else it gets is. it for one month, but we've got it for three. Yeah, I can't wait. It's always it's always so much yeah, and fun. You, and, and you get to have um, you get to have great conversations that other people would be like, "What are you talking about?" And you're talking about big problems about like fairies coming out of trapdoors, yeah. and yep. you know, it's like, "Hang on, is the giant rat going to fit through?" You know, that conversation the and, has already been had about trapdoors yeah. and the king and king rat. Mm. It is funny to think, isn't it, when you've got big yeah. sort of corporate companies talking about they've got a new insurance policy coming out. We need to make sure the wording's correct, and we're saying, "Oh, can our dame fit through the trapdoor this year? <laughs> is that skirt going to fit through, or is it? Does that need to come in a bit?" Or <laughs> it's always just so funny, isn't it? My, my favourite thing is reading. So, um, for those listening that don't know the process in theatre, during rehearsals, at the end of every day, you get a rehearsal report and your on your email that kind of sums up what's happened on the day and any questions. Yeah. And then after every show, you get a show report. I love reading panto show reports because i'll end up saying they are they'll end up saying things like um a giant fish ended up in the audience audience (laughs) member unharmed or like got another i've got another show on and i read i read the i read the i read the um I read the show. I read the rehearsal report yesterday, and it said, "Is it okay if one of the actors wears the giant goose from Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> in the market scene? They're just going to come on briefly. It's like brilliant, <laughs> lovely, happy, happy for that. They're not even doing Jack and the Beanstalk, no. but they're just going to come on briefly as a giant goose. No problem." <laughs> but I love that there's someone in the production team that will be reading that with an absolute stone face, going, "Oh, well, if we must, I suppose." Not finding it funny at <laughs> yeah, all, exactly. but to anyone else, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, listen we're going to let you go Vicky we, we'd love to talk to you for ages but I know you're busy and uh, well we'll see you on Monday yeah I want to see you on Monday yes I can't wait really can't wait us it's too. Been such a fun show yeah we can't wait to get going thank you so much Vicky thank you for your time thank you okay thanks, thanks. Vicky bye thank take care thanks worry, see you on Monday bye Dick Whittington and his cat runs at the New Wolsey Theatre from Thursday the 23rd of November until Saturday the 20th of January with captioned audio described BSL interpreted and live stream options available. Tickets are selling fast, so get yours today. You can book in person at our box office, over the phone by calling 01473 295 900 or online at wolseytheatre.co.uk. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends about us and give us a share on social media. If you'd like to get involved with our podcast, please drop us a message on social media. We have a full and exciting program of shows, activities and events throughout the year. 
For more information, visit our website at wolseytheatre.co.uk or call the box office on 01473 295 900. The new Woolsey Theatre is a registered charity and relies on funding partners, investors and donations. We gratefully acknowledge the support of Arts Council England, Suffolk County Council and Ipswich Borough Council. This podcast is for entertainment purposes. It's produced and managed by our friends at podtalk.co.uk and is the copyright of the new Woolsey Theatre.